Hello everybody and welcome to season two of the Witches Tea Party and today we are talking all about sex and intimacy. Ooh. Um, if you've read the intro then um, hopefully you know along the lines that I'm going to be talking about. Um, but this is a huge topic especially with the tantric wisdom, I'll call it wisdom and the teachings, with the essence of consciousness and intention and spirituality behind sex. So I'm going to start with Osho. Now those of you who do not know Osho, he is actually Osho Rajani, oh sorry, Rajneesh. Sorry if I've pronounced that incorrectly. I've got his original um, book here called From Sex to Superconscious and it has been reissued as Sex Matters. So if you're interested in anything that I'm going to be saying and you want to take it further, Sex Matters by Osho is literally O-S-H-O um, because that he actually changed his name or his disciples changed his name, um, which means Osho, it's a term derived from ancient Japanese, O means with great respect, love and gratitude, as well as synchronicity and harmony, and show means multidimensional expansion of consciousness. Ooh, awesome. I'm gonna call myself Osho. Um, so yeah, so when you see quotes by Osho, he's huge. Um, uh, and many, many things that he says, everything I've read so far, you just go, oh yes. And I actually bought a book by Osho on intimacy, many 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 moons ago and it was very heavy reading and I think it was just too much for my little brain back then <laughs> to take in it's back in England somewhere with the rest of my hordes of books and um I just wasn't ready for for his teachings basically but now with his sex matters or the original is called from sex to superconscious everything is on the money it's like bang 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 yes 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 that's exactly how I feel and basically he's saying that from, hang on, I'm actually going to quote him because his words are so much better. His words are so much better and I've written them down. Okay, I'm just, there's a few quotes on here I'm going to take. Oh, actually there's something. Okay, here we go. Um, cool. So this is, okay, this is, this is a long one. I will reframe it once I finish. Only sex energy can flower into the force of love. But we have filled man with antagonism towards sex, and the result is that love has not flowered. What comes later, the form to come, can only be made possible by the acceptance of sex. The stream of love cannot break through because of the strong opposition. Sex, on the contrary, keeps churning inside, and the consciousness of man is muddled with sexuality. No animal in the world is as sexual as man. Man is sexual everywhere, awake or asleep. Every moment man is haunted by sex. This perverted sexuality is the fault of his so-called leaders and saints. They are to blame for it. Until man frees himself from such teachers, moralizers and religious leaders and from their phony sermons, the possibility of love surfacing in him is nil. And I'll go on to say, it's a long way from sex to samadhi. Samadhi is the ultimate goal. Sex is, the only, is only the first step. And I want to point out that those who refuse to recognise the first step, who censor the first step, cannot even reach the second step. They cannot progress at all. 
It is imperative to take the first step with consciousness, understanding and awareness, but be warned. Sex is not an end in, into, in itself. Sex is the beginning. To progress, more and more steps are required. And that's exactly what Tantra teaches, is the fact that from its lowest form, I saw a beautiful post that describes this. I'm going to try and remember what it said. In its lowest form, sex is a primal physical act of pleasure and it can be toxified very easily. On its highest level, it is an expression of divine love and communion with spirit to a higher consciousness. So you take those two parallels and think about where you are on that spectrum and where you want to be. Why would you ever want to have this shallow, I'll take a, a one night stand as an example, okay? That shallow, empty feeling that you just kind of get your kicks. You may feel good for a split second or a couple of seconds. And as soon as it's over, you feel horrible inside that because there's no care or love for the other person. It's like, oh, you know, you've just used them or they've just used you or it's not a nice feeling. It's not a good energy. Why would you ever want that? It's like getting like the cheapest hamburger that's like not been prepared very nicely. Why would you get that when you can have steak? premium beautiful steak prepared by the most amazing chefs in the world it just melts in your mouth <laughs> okay because when you can harness sexual energy to a point where not only is it amazing and it's a divine expression of love between two people it can heal every single cell in your body at a microscopic level, believe it or not, and also be used with your third eye intention to express out into the world and beyond the cosmos. And it can reach through lifetimes, past, future, present, everything. Now that could be like, you know, mind blowing, like what? Sex is just sex. No, sex is what you have been taught it to be. Sex is what's been illustrated in the movies, on the media. That's not its true form. That's not the gift that it was given for procreation. Remember, guys, we have dolphins, seahorses, and monkeys who all have sex for pleasure. Dolphins rub themselves up female to female for pleasure. That blows the procreation one out of the water. Plus, we have also seen, and I'm not against religion let's make that very clear i claim to be of all faiths i see validity and beauty in every single message i love muslim i love islam hindu christianity there's messages in all of them and that's that there is god and god is love and we are equal and that we are here to treat each other well and i've completely gone off what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> um okay let's ask spirit to bring that back because i wanted to size step into religion um the sacredness of sex so 
a lot of the indoctrination from churches have said, and this has come from, unfortunately, a lot of men who want to shut down sex as the sexual power. And it is, it's not that it's just it is confined to marriage. It's the fact that it's for the purpose of procreation. I will argue to the hilt all day, every day. We've seen proof of the fact that the Catholic Church, sorry guys, the Catholic Church has proven if you hinder sexual now this is not the same thing as harnessing when you harness you're recognizing its power and learning to control it it's just like an athlete learning how to control uh, and tap into their force of their sport what i'm talking about is when you suppress it when you oppress it when you surround it with guilt and shame and blame what happens at its lowest form pedophilia that's what happens so when you're given such a beautiful gift as sexual pleasure, is it going to turn into toxification and damage and trauma? Or can you use it for the higher good? So I want you to really think about that throughout our conversation here on the podcast today, those two extremes, because it comes back to the exact same principles of spirituality that all emotions range, and psychology, sorry, it's proven, love and fear. Yep. Those are the, the essence of everything in our life. Does it come from a love vibration or a fear vibration? And fear is ultimately the absence of love. So you take sex, you take away the love element. What is it? It's toxic. It's fear. It's shame, blame, guilt. It's yuck, right? And pornography has not done any favors because it's building up this illusion and it's unrealistic and there's no... You, I'm sorry, guys, but if, even if you've seen porn yourself, there's some really bad porn out there. They're not even enjoying it. That's abuse. That's downright abuse that you're just showing off your body for money. Good porn actually has story behind it and actually shows emotion and enjoyment and connection with your heart. Do you see the difference here? So let's take that further to connection. Now, I've also wanted to plant this to you guys this has come up and and just put the puns to the side here okay because you know there's going to be a lot of them let's face it um it's it was come up a lot recently whether it's been clients or personal life is that men i'm gonna really give you a broad label here guys because there's some very very spiritual men out there who do not fall under this banner okay we'll just say men and women because that seems to be the pattern and the trend. And I think that's to do with your understanding and education, as well as the fact that men have penises and women have vaginas, okay? It's very, very different. Vaginas are receiving, okay? It's a very intimate process, a very, very intimate process compared to someone who is inserting, okay? I'm taking it to its most crudest level here. All right, it is just different. When you take somebody else inside of you, it's just like birthing a baby. It's just, it's a fundamental difference between men and women, okay? So there, I said it. So there seems to be a pattern in the trend of men that I've seen, and women have reported this as well, as men as well, is that they see sex as a physical act of pleasure. And this is where marriages can break down. The men want the physical pleasure. And what happens is the connection over time, the romance dies down. Usually with children, it's, you know, exasperated because you never get any bloody time to yourself. You don't make enough time for your relationship as a couple, as adult time. 
the connection goes, the woman is craving intimacy and connection. The men think that means sex. That's not the same thing. You can experience intimacy and connection through sex. That's why the ladies want the sex, is because we crave the intimacy and connection. You know, just holding hands, gazing into each other's eyes, where it's just you two, where you can be fully seen as you, absolutely naked, seen and accepted and held to feel safe. Whatever's going on in the outside world, that's your soul connection and communion right there and it is precious it's so sacred that is not the same thing as just the physical act of pleasure which is sex so there's a lot of healing around here that we can do that shifts men and women's understanding but and look i know there's definitely women out there that feel exactly the same way in sense of they just think it's a physical act it's all about masculine and feminine energies within ourselves right but that's another story. Listen to other podcasts for that, okay? It's going to keep this nice and simple so we can stay on topic. And that is a fact that you can shift your awareness and perspective from sex being a physical pleasure to it being something so much more meaningful. And that if more men could understand that in a, in a relationship, then there wouldn't be a breakdown of marriage or whether it's one person to the other person if you want to get gender, you know, inclusive. If one person cannot understand that that's, your, that's how you connect as a soul level, it could be a foot massage. You know, everyone's got their love language, right? Everybody understands what we mean by love language. Um, and that's how, how we show affection towards another person. Um, but the connection is more than that. It's it's a deep soul level. It's not, you know, let me take it for example. I'm very, very affectionate and it's such a crucial part of my relationship. And I hear about so many people that their partner isn't. They go, oh, they're just not touchy-feely. And I'd never say this out loud because somebody said it to me about something else. And I thought, that's just really judgmental. But I just thought, I just don't know how I can be in a relationship with someone who doesn't. And it's not because I need it. It's because that's how I show affection and love and connection. So if if I don't receive that, how do they show it to me? Thank you, darling. Thanks for the announcement. The whole world now knows. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if, you know, it's so important to me just to have someone, I could be cooking dinner, if they come up and put their hand on my lower back, that means a thousand words. You know, that love and affection and support, that connection. You know, to come up and give me a cuddle from behind. Just the smallest act, just to take my hand. Just putting your hand on my leg when we're driving. Like the smallest thing is huge. So if somebody did not show that to me, if somebody did not know how to show the love and affection in that way, in a, in a physical touching way, I just don't know if I would, if I could be in a relationship with them, just full stop. I could, but it wouldn't be a very happy one. <laughs> I'd be like, can you work on that? Because that is really important to me. You know, it's not like you have to do this, this, this. Yeah, I have to learn how to do bass jumping or, um, you know, how to play a piano. 
it's just can you show your affection towards me um it feels very natural to me very basic um and i appreciate that everyone is different but yeah it, isn't it interesting that we do have different love languages and whether that comes from nature or nurture so taking it back to sex being um for pleasure i'm gonna just have a look in osho's book because i do make a lot of books in here uh, a lot of notes in here um let's just have a look at how he breaks this down with the chapters in search of love and i found this with the karma sutra as well the real karma sutra so many people say oh the karma sutra is just a whole bunch of, of um sex positions i correct you right here the western books which have made money from this industry and let's not forget sex is an industry in the west is just a bunch of sex positions the real karma sutra that you can buy online the first chapter contains four different parts um four different methods methods parts sorry four different types of love four different types of love so osho right here is bang bang into this sorry about the puns in search of love is the first chapter so from sex to consciousness to super consciousness so it's talking about it's not even talking about the high consciousness we're talking about accessing a super consciousness within ourselves super consciousness this is beyond any meditation that you would be used to all right and that's that's the power of the tantric healings um here we go giving birth to a new humanity um from the coal to the diamond oh i like that we all know that analogy a new door deconstructing sexual conditioning there we go that comes back to my point and i'm sorry if you've just joined in and then you're listening live please add go to the replay because the first 10 minutes were crucial in everything that we're setting up and talking about here the sexual conditioning and how different that is for, for men and women you know and just let's just look at the judgment here you know women are taught to be very careful with who we sleep with understandably because for the energy that we absorb in from a man is huge and it can be very toxic uh, as well as the fact that you know what we can carry and pass on to people and have babies right so i understand that but for men it's always yeah spread your seed go for it you know go and get hookers and it's so fundamentally different to this day it is not equal you know if you're a woman you're seen as loose and that's not okay if you're a man it's seen as yay go you so the social conditioning of in our society number one number one is effed up right so we have to go and undo all of that conditioning to just even unlearn everything that we think we know about sex to come to this point to even accept that there's another way to view sex and the power of it so that's another <laughs> strain to this so if i'm talking about super consciousness and healing the world and the cosmos and astral planes and uh, all beings above and beyond and future and past and present which is very buddhist that's one thing to really get your head around and the fact that even though the western world dominates the eastern philosophies are so rich and ancient they are so valid and this is what we've been seeing since the 70s is all of that wisdom and knowledge being passed over through yogis coming to the west and that's what it's this is really based on and we've got the hindu goddess 
which is Kali, the goddess of Tantra. And remember, it's not Tantra, it's not, she's not the, the goddess of sex, you know, because in our Western minds we go, Tantra equals sex. No. <laughs> Tantra is love. And sexuality is a divine expression of love. So sex is a divine expression of love. Or it should it not be? Should there be any circumstance where it's not? Because then that's just really yucky energy. It's really gross. And I've always, always been condemned by my friends for not being able to separate sex and love. Honestly, they're like, just have a good time. Just do this. Don't get too heavily involved. Don't open up. You wear your heart on your sleeve. And it's only been this past year that I've been able to love and accept and bless myself that I do not hold these things differently because they should not be separated. If you want to, then there's no judgment. That's fine. That's great. As long as there's consent and nobody's getting harmed, the, the, the goddess Kali, there is no judgment. Tantra is there's no judgment if that feels good for everybody involved. But you're missing the point that it's a sacred act that can be used for so much more. It's like having a Ferrari and going up to the shops every day. It's like this machine was built to go 200. <laughs> you know, whew, it has high performance. What are you doing going to the shops and back? You know, you, it's really, that's fine if you just want to buy a Ferrari to go to the shops and back. But don't miss out the fact of what this machine is capable of doing. You know, it's supersonic and it's high maintenance. <laughs> I do love my analogies. They must come from spirit. Spirit has a sense of humor. So um, thank you for that up, upstairs. Um, anything else on here? Here we go. Another part of the book, neither original nor sin. Ooh, and illusions and realities. Now, it's another thing that Tantra um, dives into is the illusionary world. I think it's called tricks. Um, and that, that's the ego that's trying to trick you. So, again, let's take pornography. We're diving really deep, again, sorry the puns, into sex and sexuality here. But you look at pornography and how toxic it can be. That's the ego. The ego is being fed that you've, you've got a visual stimulation and that somehow that's giving you pleasure and then you have this moment, like I said, there's nanosecond of orgasm where you have gratification, where you don't have to worry about paying the bills, where life is good. But it does not last for long and that's why it's addictive. That's why it's so toxic because you want, again, you want another hit, you want another hit. It's exactly like drugs. It is a drug in its own form. It's an addiction, it's abuse, and it is toxic, but you want the real long-lasting results, that is true spiritual connection, and you do not need another person for that either. I always talk, I always talk about this, so when my clients ask about Tantra and what is it that I do, the first thing I say that is, is energy healing. That's the first element, because we come away from sex, it's energy, right? And this comes back to the, exactly the same process on the theories well, I say theory, but it's real. Qi, Qigong, Tai Chi, uh, Reiki, chakras, meditation, Kundalini yoga. It's all the same. It's about identifying and acknowledging your Qi and building that up and moving it around the body. Okay. So 
this exactly the same thing with energy healing with Tantra. You've got solo Tantra, where you're just focusing on your individual chi, and that starts with your base chakra. And the, the added bonus with Tantra is the power. It is so powerful. It is so transformative. So you can heal your entire body. You can have an all-over body orgasm without touching yourself. I've done it. I have, I have, I have absolutely done it. And when you can tap into that power and you can harness it, you don't want to go around and sleep with anybody. You want to save that until you're in love with somebody. And then you share that gift. And then there's the, the partner tantra where you can explore and deepen your connection with one another in that way by using that, by eye gazing, by holding hands, by taking your time. And then I'm telling you something, these kind of orgasms, when you're diving into spiritual tantric practice and that with a solo or with somebody else, they are out of this world. I tell you, if you could put that in a bottle and sell it, the sex industry would be out of work in overnight. So, ha! <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else that Spirit wants to come through to talk about sex and intimacy. And the reason why I chose this topic is not to promote my tantra work. It's because there seems to be this pattern whereby there's lots of couples and relationships breaking down. And they're turning to Tantra for a spiritual deepen or a spiritual awakening and to come back into connection with themselves and their God part of themselves. And yes, there's different ways to do that. And Tantra uses meditation and yoga as well. I, I never want you to forget that. You know, it's not just about a physical practice and using chi. It is going in, it's diving deep into our souls, recognizing who we are, getting into our, our, our healing and trauma because not only is that social conditioning there to be unlearned, that can be a huge process in itself. It can be very triggering and it can challenge. What if that's what our mum taught us? I've dated three Catholic men now and they all have the same issue where it's been indoctrinated from their mums to, to respect women very, very highly, but it comes along with that double-edged sword of, guilt and shame for, for when you're experiencing pleasure and it's a real shame because you're not giving freedom of self-expression to say yes it's okay to be pleased it's okay to love giving pleasure it pleasure's good it's there for a reason right <laughs> it's not there to be addicted to it's there to learn how powerful that can be and understand that it's just the same wisdom as anything, any other spiritual teaching, our sexuality and our sexual um, sexual relationship with ourself is sacred. Let's put it this way, and this is another reason why I wanted to get into this tantric work, is to heal all of this past wounding and trauma, whether that is through sexual trauma, whether that's through rape, through child abuse. But the world as a whole, to re-educate our relationship with our sex because if we did have a different understanding and connection it raises the question would we have so much paedophilia in the world would we have sex trafficking would we have this 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 and this you know it's about the collective consciousness and raising awareness and raising the love vibration on the planet is it not
And by raising your own love vibration through sexuality, yes, we can do it through so many ways. And sexually, it's part of it. It's, it's as if people want to put sex in a box, you know, and you don't talk about it. It's behind closed doors. Uh, it's over there in a little label, sex. Ooh, sex education. We all already acknowledge that sex ed is way too late in the, in the education system and the curriculum. And by the time that kids are talking about it, they already know most things from TV, from movies, from what they've heard from their peers. I remember I was menstruating at the age of 10. And by the time I went to secondary school and they t showed us what a tampon was, bit too fucking late, excuse me. Sorry, you know, I didn't know what was going on in my body. I, I was really scared and there was nothing there, no support for you at all. So again, it's about acknowledging that sex is just part of us. It's a part of who we are and what it means to be human. And isn't that great and we should celebrate it? You know, there's so much driven now towards love is love and driven towards gay and transgender and to be inclusive, LGBTQIA community even though A is, you know, asexual, um, it's just that it's inclusive, it's part of us, it's part of everything, it's part of nature. <laughs> We've got the whole animal kingdom, even flowers and how they pollinate, you know, everything is about connection. So if we can recognise, if our partner is saying, I really want to have sex with you, are they just saying, I really just want to connect with you? I just want to spend time with you looking at me naked, looking at me like to be seen because we spend the rest of our lives putting on our makeup, going to work. We have a certain act, a certain presence, and it's exhausting. And when we can just be with another person with no expectation and it's unconditional, it's the most freeing, amazing feeling in the world of union. And that in itself is God, that connection to God, whether that's God within ourselves, God within the other person, it's, it's all intertwined. And that's where our work is, is God and spirit and the goddesses and Kali, I, I'm channeling Kali right now, it's like, everybody, please, we just want you to see that, just embrace it and celebrate it. We're not just suddenly going to turn into some rampant bloody you know, rabbits. That's, I think everyone, they're scared of it. They're scared of how powerful it is because everyone knows deep down how powerful it is. And they're scared that we're just going to have these raging orgies and no one's going to get any work done and it's just going to consume us. And that's why we need to learn to harness, the, harness that energy, you know, because it is powerful. And we've seen our history with, uh, Rome and it was just all about drinking and having orgies and well, a, a main part of it was you know and the lead in the wine eventually killed lots of people so everyone's like oh but let's not go down that road again um, but that's one part of history and you know the great thing the liberating thing and I don't say this lightly the liberating thing about World War One and Two and I say that very seriously and with all due respect because that's my homeland right there. And I get very emotional thinking about how many lives were lost. But through that process of people who thought, I'm going to, I could die in the next few hours. I could die. A bomb could land on me right now. So, yes, let's have sex. 
Yes, that's connect. Yes, that's real pleasure. You know, a lot of babies were born after the wars. And there's no shame in that. You know, it's completely natural response. So that's what drove me on. If anybody in the room, if you guys have any questions on this, because I'm going to wrap this up soon. Is there anything else that you want me to expand on or any questions or anything that you don't agree with that you want to have in, bring into this discussion? Please write them in the comments now in the next few minutes. I'm going to have a look through this Osho book to see if anything. I'm going to randomly flick the pages. You can hear it there. What's come out? Okay. Oh, this is good. Okay, here we go. That condemned part of our being becomes the unconscious. There you go. So I spoke earlier about when sexuality is oppressed or suppressed, put in that box and shut away somewhere. Here it is. That condemned part of our being becomes the unconscious. That is why we never think about our unconscious as ours. You dream it at nighttime. You dream a very sexual dream or a violent dream in which you murder someone, in which you murder your wife and God, hope not. In the morning, you do not feel any guilt. You say it's just a dream. It is not just a dream. Nothing is just something. It was your dream, but it belongs to your unconscious. In the morning, you identify yourself with the conscious. So you say, it's just a dream. It does not belong to me. It just happened. It is irrelevant or accidental. You never feel associated with it, but it was your dream and you created it. And it was your mind and it was, it was you who did the act. Even in the dream, it was you who murdered or killed or raped. Whoa. So yeah, so that's why they're saying this is so important to recognize that sex and sexuality is in the conscious mind because if it's not recognized or acknowledged and it's suppressed, it's just shoved into the unconscious where you think it's safe because we're not actually going to take action. But that's when it can be the most violent and uh, abusive, which then leads to, I mean, look, let's just, let's just say this exactly how it is. Okay. This is how I've always seen it. Okay. I have seen a very toxic relationship between a mum and a son. The son is not popular, never learned how to receive good affection or love, possibly abused by his mum. Okay. Not able to get a girlfriend. He has all of his sexuality oppressed and suppressed within him. I now know for fact, I was there, I lived with them, okay? I lived with these people. I would not make this kind of stuff up. They then got a puppy. And that was a beautiful little puppy dog when I met him. I'm sorry, I'm going to get emotional now. The son would then take the dog to his bed. And I heard some very strange noises that I have never, ever heard before, never since. And um, the, the, the way the dog looked in his eyes changed. Now, where does that come from? If he was able to have a normal relationship and to express his sexuality, whether that's with a man or woman or gay, whatever it is, if he's able to do that, he would not have abused a dog. Now, if the abuse came from the mother, you know, was she abused? There's always a chain in abuse and it's up to us to break that chain. So when our sexuality is suppressed, in its most evil form, that's usually what happens, right? Either it's passed on to the next generation or it's to another child or possibly animal, okay? So that's why we're trying to make this, we're trying to bring this to the forefront of our consciousness. 
because it's healthy, it's radiant. It's just like a bar of chocolate and it can give us so much pleasure and it's awesome and it is a gift from God. I'm sure there's not anyone on this planet that goes, oh, when you put that in your mouth and it melts and it tastes so good, it whether it's another, another food type, that sense that we've been given of taste is like, oh my gosh, that is heaven in my mouth right now and it's awesome. But if we have too much of it, just like pornography, we get addicted to it, it's bad for our bodies. It causes us, um, you know, diabetes at its worst form. At its amazing form, it gives us that state of bliss. And it's just like with everything. That went really, really heavy because I just happened to read that chapter there. So I'm going to try and make it a bit more lighthearted. That was really full on. That was full on. Um, okay, dreams. So yes, I was going to share with you this. I always pay attention to my dreams. I don't know if you do this. I always dream in color and I always wake up remembering them. And to pay attention to your dreams because Osho has just said it in that paragraph. It is showing us what's in our unconscious mind. So the more that we can bring that forth into our conscious state and go, where was it coming from? It can literally just be a desire for another person or a desire, or it could be something showing us. It can be our spirit showing us something. So pay attention to your dreams. So that will lead further to the superconscious mind. I'm going to wrap that up there because I can hear my son needs me. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap that up now. I love you. I'm going to put my contact details on here. God bless you. Thank you for listening.